Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, welcome to Game Week. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. There's no more week zero. There's no more it's the appetizer or soft opening or anything else. We have made it to game week. The first full weekend of the college football season is uh, is here. And welcome uh, Mercer and Selah to town. All right. And, and Alcorn State, not too far up the road from uh, from Hattiesburg. They're already or, kind of in town. Kind of already yeah, in kind town. Of, kind of already here. Uh, we are glad to be with you. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad en route had uh, some maintenance issues with, uh, what is it that he calls his car? I called it the Red Rocket, and he, he took great offense else, to that, yeah. like Lady Sonya or something. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Uh, but, yeah, so he uh, will be joining us shortly. So will East is in the studio. In a valid one. However, if he and I were sitting here and you had car issues on the way here, what would we be saying about Richard Cross right now? Oh, y- y'all both would be making fun of me and saying I was getting out of work, but the bottom line is I'm just a better person than either of you are, so hey, hey, here we are. Hey, you know, but the, th- the, the one cons- uh, constant is that I'm here. Yeah, yeah. You, Except you for, never uh, miss the, the few days that I took off last week, and I've got more coming. But the week uh, before uh, that, and the uh, games other, that are yeah, coming up. Yeah, uh, other than those, yeah, other than those days, I'm I'm always here. Funny how that works. Uh, Will East is in the studio doing all of the things that he makes happen magically. And uh, William, hope you had a great weekend. I did. We had high school football this weekend. Um, Almost everything went as normal. I don't know if you guys heard about the Tupelo Whiteside Tennessee game. Did you hear about that one? White Whitehaven, not Whitehaven. Whitehaven, yeah, they uh, Whitehaven didn't want to shake hands pregame. You guys are taking one of my losers, and then they proceeded <laughs> to get whitewashed by the uh, by the Tupelo Golden Wave. That's exactly. If you're going right. to refuse the handshake, you better win. Kansas did that to Baker Mayfield. Remember, bad play. Uh, they're in Lawrence, and Baker reaches out his hand, and and they say no, and he just. He kind of shakes his head and goes, okay, and then goes out and puts up a Heisman performance. But uh, am I an old man if I, if I think that I really don't like that that's commonplace in football now? Shake hands. After the coin toss, your team captain, shake your opponent's hand, and then go beat them on the field. Yeah. I, I hate that stuff. Yeah, it's silly. I mean, it, 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 whatever. I mean, it's not the end of the world. 
But but if I if I were coaching a team and my captains refuse to shake hands with their opponents after the coin toss, I've got something to say. Yeah, but I mean, I fall into kind of the same category, the whole end zone celebration. I'm like, yeah, just act like you've been there before, give the ball to the referee and go right. back. But I mean, I don't really care if people want to dance or spike the football or, or whatever else. So uh, yeah, not a lot of sportsmanship there. I wish that we still had some level of sportsmanship in all of our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I don't mind bat flips and, you know, make a better pitch if you're a pitcher. And uh, you know, if you get thrown at the net, well, I don't know, whatever. We don't have to go into all to of the To the victor go rules. the spoils. Yeah, yeah, uh, indeed. But if you're going to do the spoiling, you better be the victor. Yeah, Will, I did go to a high school football game. I went to the uh, to the Crosstown Classic on Friday night, or at least part of it. Um, I, I told had told my daughter, I was like, hey, if you want to go, let me know. We'll, we'll go. It was actually kind of a funny interaction. So I got home, and she was getting dressed. I was like, hey, where are you going? She's like, well, you're taking me to the game, aren't you? I was like, well, you were supposed to follow up and let me know if you actually wanted to do that. But, yes, sure, we'll go. She's like, well, are you just going to drop me off? I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to stay and watch the game, too, and I'm going to kind of be there, you know. I, I, I appreciate your independence. A lot of people. Uh, there are times in the past where things have gotten out of hand for one reason or another in the stands. I just want to be there. And her response was, well, do you think you'll know anybody there? <laughs> and I just looked at her. I was like, eh, "Maybe somebody. We'll see." But if you not, graduated okay. forty-eight years ago, you know, uh, it was it was twenty-five. But but yes, and and I did know a few people in the uh, the town in which I've lived for thirty-five years. And you know, yeah, uh, pretty pretty impressive performance uh, by Oxford in that win over Lafayette. There were a lot of impressive performances over the uh, weekend. If you had to give the opening weekend of high school football, will a grade? What grade would you give it based on kind of the, the interaction and the, the results and the feedback uh, with you guys on the scoreboard show on uh, on Friday night? It was all very positive, outside of that Good. Whitehaven uh, incident, which involved a school that's not from our state. Uh, it was all very positive. We had some very good games. The Madison Central Ocean Springs game had maybe the craziest four-minute ending that you could ask for. There was a safety. There was uh, – uh, Madison Central got to line up and go kick a field goal three times in a row uh, because of penalties and, and all this kind of other stuff that was timeouts, all this other stuff going on. They had an incredible win. And then uh, Picayune beating Brandon was a, was a mm. huge, huge game. So you had a 5A versus a 7A school. Picayune has the longest winning streak in Mississippi high school football right now, and they showed yeah, out. Yeah, you told us that on Friday. What, they haven't lost since, like, September of 22? Is that right? 21. September of 21. 21. Yeah. And they've okay, beaten so some, some – they're a 5A that, yeah, school. two they, years. I'm sorry. We're in yeah. 2023. That makes sense. Yeah, they've beaten some bigger schools too. So it's not like they're just playing smaller schools in their non-regional games. So yeah, fun fun week. Uh, this week's going to be pretty fun too because we got a lot of rivalry games. I think the 100 and something edition of the Battle for the Little Brown Jug between Laurel and Hattiesburg is. The, uh, mm. I think that's on Friday or Saturday. Uh, so a lot of more, a lot of fun games going coming up. But a great great Friday night, and the heat was bad, but not that bad. I would agree. It was, you know, once the sun went down, it was sticky, the air was thick, it was heavy, it was hot, but it wasn't that, oh my goodness, it's unbearable. You, you didn't have that. So uh, hopefully everything went off with uh, without a hitch on Friday night, and I guess there were probably a few games on Saturday, and obviously we had some games on Thursday as well. Fun to have high school football back. It was fun to have a little bit of college football back this weekend. A little bit. The uh, the headliner 
the the game that grabbed the most attention going into the weekend was Notre Dame Navy. There was a late scratch in that game. Did you notice? The announcer, Jack Collinsworth, is the Notre Dame announcer on NBC. They subbed him out and had Noah Eagle in alongside Jason Garrett in the uh, in the booth. Jack Collinsworth was ill or something and had to either stay home or go home or whatever it was. So um, the the scene looked really really good. It was a packed house. Um, whether wow. you like Notre Dame or dislike Notre Dame, there's some pomp and circumstance that goes with those gold helmets when they got the Navy jerseys on. You know, they had to wait in the tunnel for a while as the buildup was kind of coming up. And, uh, you know, you get the here come the Irish, and, and they come out onto the field, and the place goes crazy. And then it took all of one job, drive, for them to kind of uh, establish their dominance. There are, there are a lot of people that are putting a caveat on Notre Dame's win. And the caveat is, yeah, but we don't know how bad Navy is. And isn't that going to be the case for 80% of the teams that win this weekend? I mean, you've got a few matchups. You've got a few games that are going to tell us something. But I thought, given the circumstances, the fact that they were 3,000 miles from home, that they were breaking in a new quarterback, breaking in a new offensive coordinator, and we're playing in in a high-profile game. I thought it went about as well as it could possibly go for Notre Dame. And hey, stop me if you think this is a bad idea. Having a 23-year-old sixth-year quarterback, I don't care if he's new to your team and new to the system, is not a bad thing. Oh, Sam Hartman looked great. He did look great. And both of those things can be true at once. We don't know yet if Notre Dame is a championship-caliber football team because they haven't played in a game that reveals that or not yet. However... They looked like a championship-caliber team is supposed to look against a lesser opponent. I mean, both of those things can be true at the exact same time. Estime was impressive. He's big uh, for a running yeah, back. Yeah, he is. He, he is. But, but uh, I mean, I've, I've been beating the Sam Hartman drum for a while, and, and everybody got to see why. It, you know, he's not the most talented guy, or not anywhere close, really. I mean, his arm is kind of limited compared to that of, say, Caleb Williams, who we saw uh, with USC, but just poised, comfortable, athletic throws an accurate pass, new system, didn't matter. Uh, I mean, I really liked what I saw from Notre Dame with the reservation that it was just Navy, but, uh, I mean, how could you not love a lot of what you saw? And remember, they beat Navy by a single point a year ago. That's right, they they did, and uh, did not play well in the second half of that game. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today. We are coming to you live from the (laughs) Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. And it's a special day. It's a special day because, one, we are kicking off game week. And, and so it's all college football. we got plenty to get to with games that happened this past weekend. Looking ahead to this coming weekend, we'll continue our preview of SEC teams. We'll continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We only have six of those remaining. It is also a special day because this kicks off birthday week or anniversary week, if you prefer, for the Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. This Wednesday, the Sportsbook will celebrate its five-year anniversary. It's been kind of a home away from home for us for the last five years. That's half a decade. The Sportsbook's going to kindergarten this year. and But it's, it's, it's still legal to gamble. The Sportsbook can gamble even while in kindergarten or something like that. Something like that. Uh, so in the Pearl River Resort, studios quite literally with you on this Monday afternoon. Hey, Dad, is make it. 
Uh, he does not look like he's got grease all over him, like he was having to sling a, a tire iron or a monkey wrench. We'll get the report. Well, now your mic's not on yet. You aren't even part of this segment. We're back after this. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us on this Monday. Sports Talk on the road at the Pearl River Resort. We are inside the sports. We've got the mood light going in here. Got a bunch of TVs going. It's going to feel a whole lot different here on uh, on Saturday than it does uh, today. Uh, third member of our team has arrived. Brian Haydad has made it. He sent me a text, Will, about, oh, it was about 2 o'clock, maybe 2.15, and he said, my tire light has come on again. I'm probably going to be late. And I just said, well, good luck, buddy. Be safe. You made it safely, I hope. Uh, yes, uh, we, we're, we're all here in one piece. That's good. You are not <laughs> covered head to toe in grease. No, that's good, too. You are not dripping sweat. No, it's not that bad outside. You, well, you did ask when the bar was going to open. Yes, I did. I would. Lo- I, I think somebody's going back there now, actually. So okay. Good. All right. So uh, well, give me the uh, give me the, the 411. I mean, it's just the same thing that happened uh, Thursday. The entire light came on. So is there a slow leak? I, I think so, but this time airing it up, the light won't go off. So oh. That's not good. So Okay. I'll go see my good friends tomorrow at the tire place. And well, hopefully it'll be just something that they, patch, like, yeah. there's a nail or a screw in it or it, something. I, I don't see anything. Well, so have I, you taken the tire off? No, I haven't taken well, the tire off. Well, then, of I mean, course I you don't it. see anything. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, yes, anyway. Luckily for you, bad things come in threes. Yeah. So, HVAC problems, yeah. car problems. Yeah. You've only got one more, and then it, you'll it, be good to go for the rest drop of the season. season opener, and we're, we're off, right? <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be smooth sailing after that. 11-1. Uh, and one. Ugh. That would uh, that would that would not be a great end to week one for you. Would it? I, I was having such a great day too, and I had a great weekend. So, um, why, why why are you convinced that? I mean, it's not like you can get your head inside the uh, the wheel well to examine well, I mean, all of the treads of the tire. You're not wrong, but normally you'd see something, and I don't see anything when I look. So I, sometimes it's hard to find that if you like you have the tire off and you can roll it along yeah, and look at it. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just hoping for the best case scenario I, for I, you. I appreciate your your positive. I mean, you're, if you're, you're rolling in the dough and you just want to go buy a new set of tires, no, I, don't go. I don't have that cross money, so no. We'll All right. So so if you we'll have to replace a tire, yeah. Do you just replace the one, or do yeah, you I go ahead and replace all four? No, I just do a one. So they're new enough that it doesn't make sense to go all four. Right. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter if they're new enough or not. I don't have the money to replace all four. Well, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, Will, sort of Will are you buying this story, or do you think he um, overslept? That's what happened. I, I mean, that would be quite the oversleep. We know that I was wow. at Arnett's press conference. We know that. It was, I, I tweeted it. Well, I mean, you could have watched it live and done that from the yeah. bed, and then when he yeah. was done, just fall yeah, asleep. I think, I think you know he's I'm done that before too. Way. I'm awake. <laughs> yeah, I did have to stop by the house because I got someone on my shirt. Uh, at lunch, I went home and changed shirts, but I left in time to be here on time. What'd you spill on your shirt? Some, little, a little, little gravy, little mac and cheese, some mustard, a little cheese, a little okay. mac and cheese. That's uh, <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, 
So. So, well, maybe that's the third. Maybe that's the, that was the third. That's the three third. of, of yeah. things other, in three. My other genteel polos. Yeah. Um, all right. So we just had week one. Of, you, you said yeah. you had a good weekend. I had a great weekend. How so? I mean, the pork belly was outstanding on on, on Saturday. Yeah. And I, I watched college football as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sunday we had wrestling and was an outstanding pay per view uh, over there in London. With uh, just had a good time with that, and I thought I had a good podcast today and. He's looking up. And then Arnett, you know, Arnett was right on time. He wrapped it up in a 14-minute press conference where I got more football answers out of him than I've gotten in the last three years. And, I was, you know, I had a good lunch, had some fried catfish from Little Dewey, and I was, I was in a great mood. And then that light came on. Yeah, it's so fascinating, right? I mean, so you like the boring, succinct press conference, and that's what you get now with Zach Arnett. Yeah. Whereas you had the um, – uh, Untimely, lengthy, non-football press conference. I couldn't even go when he was there. Yeah, he didn't. He would start. We were on the air. Yeah. Uh, so we started out talking about Notre Dame a second ago. Yeah. Uh, what about that game? Are, are, are you buying into Notre Dame really looked good, or how much are you putting on the fact that yeah, Navy was not ready for that? There's obviously some yeah. But I thought Notre Dame looked good. When you play a bad team, you should beat them badly. That's exactly what Notre Dame did. Well, and, and maybe the, the the counter to that would be that Southern Cal-San Jose State game. Now, I don't think San exactly. Jose State is a bad team. I think they are a decent – they were a bowl team last year, weren't they? Yeah. I believe so. I think they, they had six or seven wins last year, so they're not a bad team. But that's not a team that you feel like should be hanging four touchdowns on Southern Cal – and never mind the final margin, which, by the way, Southern Cal did not cover in that game. Uh, they win by 28. I think it was 30 or, or 30 and a half. Um, th- there were some problems. At the end of the first half, leading 21-7, to Southern Cal marching toward the end zone. They got themselves into third and 14, I think it was. Caleb Williams took a bad sack, knocked them out of field goal range, and then they had to punt from their 35 or, or something along those lines. And, and it looks like it's just going to head into the half, and then San Jose State goes on what, like a four, five, six play drive? It's like boom, 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 touchdown. And it's like, oh, yeah. oh, so, so we've got a game at the half. Southern Cal's defense still didn't look very good. No. And, and so there, there's going to be – with every game that's meaningful, there's going to be massive overreactions in week one. It happens every year. I will do it. Everybody will do it. But this is year six of Lincoln Riley having an identical football team. Yes. That's what makes what happened Saturday, which, by the way, I had to watch on an illegal YouTube stream until it crashed about midway through the third quarter uh, <laughs> because the Pac-12 network. But um, USC has everything that every Lincoln Riley coach team has had. Elite quarterback play. Good skill position players and a defense that gave up 220 yards on the ground if you remove the, the one sack that they got for minus 22 yards. San, San Jose State averaged 7.5 yards per carry. And again, all week that's one. A big a, it, that's I, a no, big no, no, that's number. a big number. Five point two is eh, it's week one. They can improve a little bit better, a little bit over that. Seven and a half yards of carry is a lot. And this is a team that they they have Washington and Utah and Oregon on the schedule and Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and you and you're telling me that this is the team that's going to get Lincoln Riley over the hump and and win actually win a playoff game and win a championship? Absolutely not. You know who didn't average seven and a half yards of carry? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. No. 
35-28, Commodores win it. Ultimately, it's a scoreboard game. Do you finish in first place or second place in these games? They did finish in first place. They're off to a 1-0 start. They are three wins away with 11 games remaining from hitting the over. They are five wins away from being bowl eligible. So, got that part of it out of the way. Now, that said, I don't think that bowl eligible thing is going to be a problem. Yeah, they're going to have to get a little bit better. Now, there were some things that stood out, right? A.J. Swan looked pretty good. Yeah. A uh, couple of receivers, in addition to Will Fuller, looked. Will Shepard. Will Shepard, sorry. Who's Will Fuller? Played uh, under name, didn't he? Uh, we'll, the Texans. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Will Shepard, who you, you know what he is. He, he looked good. There were a couple of other receivers that, that stepped up. Yeah, McGowan was the other guy's name, was really talented. Yeah. Uh, had a couple of players on the defensive side that flashed, but they did give up 28 to a Hawaii team that only scored 10 on them a year ago. And I was trying to take that out of the equation. I was trying not to do the, well, this is what happened last year, so this is what happens this year. Hawaii was a much better football team on Saturday night they were. than they were a year ago Saturday night. Uh, they... Timmy Chang scrapped whatever it was they were trying to do offensively at the beginning of last season. They have gone back to the full-on run and shoot. They're going to beat some teams this year. Yeah, with that that is an offense that is efficient that it's fun to watch. That when you got a trigger man and and Schrager was that his name? Sh- Schrager, 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 Schrager. I, I thought he he was looked, good. He looked very in command. He looked decisive. But Vanderbilt. Didn't stop Hawaii, and they couldn't run the ball at all. And I don't th- – I mean, there was a people like, well, they just kind of abandoned the run. I, I don't think they abandoned it because they forgot about it. I think they got away from it because they couldn't run the ball. Yeah. And the guy, the guys in the post game too, Dari and, and I forget who was with them after the game, it was really late, so I'm kind of delirious, but they kept – talking about, well, maybe Vanderbilt struggled because they lost the running back to Kentucky. And I thought, did you guys watch the same game that I watched? Yeah, the issue Quinshawn Judkins would have, would have struggled uh, behind that offensive line. You're exactly right. I, I mean, Vanderbilt at times looked like this last year, and they still beat Kentucky and Florida. So uh, overreacting to week one can be foolish at times, but when you can't line up and run the football against Hawaii, um, and you've got an SEC schedule in front of you, and you've got to play even Wake Forest on the road. I just I, I, no confidence was inspired for a Vanderbilt fan or anybody that has them over three and a half wins this season. And by the way, guess where Hawaii is next? They're in Palo Alto on Friday night yeah. at ten o'clock central. I'm overreacting to Vandy. I'm off the train there. I thought they would be a bowl team. Now I don't. You're done. I'm, I'm out until I have better information. What one week? Done. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Continuing to look at all the teams in the SEC as we move toward the first full opening weekend. We'll take a look at LSU when we come back with Wilson Alexander. Sports Talk Mississippi live from the Pearl River Resort in Philly. Opening in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Don't look at me angry. Whatever horrible insult you just said about me, I didn't even hear it. No, it wasn't Will an insult. Will had Nirvana cranked up so loud we, I could barely I we, hear We it. were discussing uh, some promotional ideas for Geyser Falls oh. next year that would oh, include God, you. No. No, um, please don't. No, don't do that. There is one more layer to the idea. I'll just have to. We'll have to hold on to that. I might make that a surprise for you. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. We are on the road today at uh, Pearl River Resort inside the sports book, which this week is celebrating its fifth anniversary. Uh, time though for us to continue our one last trip through the SEC preview. I don't know if that's actually the name of it. I just kind of made it that. Uh, Wilson Alexander joins us. He covers LSU for the Advocate. LSU playing the marquee game of the opening weekend. Sunday night against Florida State. If you forgot that, clear your schedule. You don't want to miss any of that one. Wilson, always appreciate your time. What's up, my man? Oh, nothing much. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing really well. I, I feel like the, the question that I have to ask first, because it's what everybody's talking about, is, well, what does Mason Smith not being available mean for the uh, opener? My bigger question is, could LSU not figure out something on this Mason Smith suspension so that he would be available for this game? Could they not have manipulated something around the time of his injury a year ago and like said he was eligible? and then not, uh, There had to be a way. No, there really wasn't, unfortunately, for LSU in this situation in terms of what you know, losing him on the field. Uh, Mason, this, of course, dates back to summer 2021 before NIL went into effect, and the NCAA investigation was clearly not wrapped up yet when he played in the season opener against Florida State last year. Otherwise, mm. he would have ser- likely served the suspension at some point last season, but he got hurt. Because he was not medically cleared to play, um, there was nothing that LSU could use in that situation to really say that, well, he already sat out these games because it was, he wasn't sitting out um, as a result of NCAA punishment. So then the NCAA came back at some point this summer and said that he had to miss the first game. By the time that um, people were sort of confused, oh, was there anything else you could do now, like right you know, since last week you know, um, when we all found out about it, to um, get him to play against Florida State? Well, no, all of the, any sort of um, appeals processes or um, moving something around, Brian Kelly has said that, you know, uh, LSU even looked into trying to play a week zero game and schedule yeah. uh, schedule something there so he'd be available against Florida State. That was all done at that point. He was definitively out against Florida State because the NCAA said it had to be the first game. Um, and so because of that, he, he won't be able to play. Um, and all of this sort of background and trying to make him eligible, that, that's already all happened. Um, and this is just where it ended up settling was that he had to miss one game and it had to be the first game. So... Correct me if I'm wrong on this. You certainly have a, a better understanding. Did LSU have the ability to choose which game Kayshawn Boutte uh, missed last year, or were they told this is the game that he will miss? So that's a little bit fuzzy. Um, we don't have all the details on that completely confirmed. Um, but the way that these situations or these cases often work is that once a player you know, has served a suspension, they miss the next game. Case John missed, uh, you know, three, two games last year. He would have also missed the bowl game. Um, and so one of them was for the birth of his son. Um, another one was because Brian Kelly, this is in November, so that he had the flu. Um, and then he would have been suspended for the bowl game, but he left and went early to the NFL. And so it's unclear what, at what point that got resolved. Um, you know, maybe you can try to 
twist things around so that it lands favorably for you. Um, but it is ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, the next game after the suspension is levied. Well, be that as it may, uh, LSU does not have Mason Smith in the opener. What does that do to the rest of the defense? I, I understand that it's only one player, and they are talented players all over the roster, but when you're talking about a guy the caliber of Mason Smith, it, it, it's like elite players kind of build on top of each other, and, and so if an offense really has to game plan for one particular guy, it opens up some other things. How much does this change in your mind what LSU wants to do defensively, or, or does it? It certainly changes things. The talk about Mason Smith coming back, how he, why he was going to make such a difference on this LSU team is because of the pass rush that he provides. LSU didn't have a really strong interior pass rush last year. And Brian Kelly has pointed out that with Mason being there in the middle of the field, it was, it's going to make, te- really, make it really difficult for opposing teams to, if you try to double him, then you're leaving someone like Harold Perkins or one of their other edge rushers in, um, you know, with one blocker between them and the quarterback, and that's probably a favorable matchup for LSU. Vice versa, if you try to double-team Harold Perkins or someone else like that, then you probably are leaving Mason Smith with a one-on-one matchup that he is um, not always going to win, but has a good chance of doing so. And now that part kind of, you don't have that. Um, they, LSU has improved the depth um, since last season when it had a rotation that was non-existent. <laughs> um, their two interior tackles, Mikai Wingo and Jaclyn uh, Roy, played more snaps than any interior line duo in the country. Mikai almost never came off the field. They have since added um, Jordan Jefferson, a transfer from West Virginia, Jalen Lee, a transfer from Florida, who's had a strong camp after not playing very well in the spring and is maybe going to be part of this rotation. And then retro junior Jacoby Guillory seems like he's maybe made another step. So they've got some players, and they can even rotate them a little bit. Um, but it's not as deep of a rotation, and none of them are quite the pass rusher that Mason was. They still can win this game. They can make up for it defensively. Um, but it's hard to lose somebody of that caliber who is able to affect the quarterback the way Mason uh, usually is. Wilson, there aren't many players that I'm more intrigued with in college football than uh, the guy you mentioned a second ago, Harold Perkins. And, and what I'm most intrigued by is that I think I saw that LSU has listed him as an inside linebacker. But, I mean, they, they could call him a, a rover. They could call him a defensive tackle. They could call him a free safety, call him whatever. I get the impression that Matt House is going to try and move him all over the place to try to create matchups to give him the opportunity to, to make plays. Is that the impression you get kind of from hearing from Brian Kelly, from hearing uh, from, from Matt House in terms of how they want to use this guy who just burst onto the scene a year ago? Absolutely. There was so much made this offseason, and rightfully so. The Herald is moving inside. He is not going to just be playing on the edge and rushing the passer and sort of sitting as a spy like he did to such effectiveness last year. He's going to be doing more than just that. Um, he'll be playing like a tr- more of a traditional linebacker. But make no mistake, that doesn't mean that he's just sitting there in the box, you know, taking on blocks from guards and trying to blow up the place just right there at the line of scrimmage and sort of be very stagnant in the middle of the field. They're going to move him all around. He was practicing with the Jack linebackers at times, um, getting one-on-one reps against Will Campbell, which was a treat to watch during preseason practice because those two are both so good. He's going to be coming off the edge, uh, and he's going to be doing a lot of different things. They've, they're going to move him out in pass coverage. Like He's got a lot of different roles in the team, and it's just going to be fascinating to see what LSU does with him game to game because he's putting you know kind of a, a fair amount on his plate, which you, you have to be able to handle that as an inside backer um, being you know, right there in the middle of the defense. But the quote that Brian Kelly had today was that they wanted to make teams always look for him pre-snap and have to have make a quarterback go, okay, wait, where is Harold? 
because you're not going to be able to look at one point spot on the field every play and be like, okay, that's always where Harold Perkins is. That's not going to be the case. Brian Kelly said today you're going to have to, you're going to, have to find him and you're going to have to account for him. Wilson, when you look at LSU's schedule, everybody knows about this week one game, but in the first month, they also have to travel to Starkville. They bring Arkansas to Tiger Stadium, and then they head to Ole Miss to finish things out. They'll be favored in all those games, but it's not going to be the biggest shock in the world if they drop one of them. If they drop that and they drop week one like I'm predicting them to do, what does a two-loss LSU team look like coming out of September? There's going to be a lot of unhappy fans, if that's the case. There's high expectations Mm -hmm. on this team. Um, To me, the floor is probably I mean it's kind of varied you know anywhere from probably eight and four to 11 and one is you know kind of where the range that you can easily see them falling in but and they already have two losses in September having not yet played Alabama we don't know exactly what Texas A&M is going to look like a fairly tough road game at Missouri right after that September stretch Missouri's got a defense that is should be pretty good uh, you know almost upset Georgia last year and um, Auburn we'll see what they look like under Hugh Freeze they really need to get through that stretch Undefeated, and like you said, it's going to be hard. I mean, those, that's a that's probably the stretch of the season where really what they do is kind of defined. Because if they are as good as people seem are going to think that they are going into the season and are number five in the country, then they can come out of that with maybe one loss out of those four games, five game stretch to start the year. But if they have two losses, and it's just going to be really hard to get to where they want to go. And, you know, I don't really see them making the playoff this year. Like, they could be in contention, but that's kind of like the best that I feel like they could do is make the playoff. Um, New Year's Six Bowl game, though, feels like something that should be very attainable for them and kind of where LSU would like to see itself as a sign of progression under Brian Kelly. And if they come out of that with two losses, then it's going to be really hard to get there. It's a heck of a September for LSU. They open on Sunday night with Florida State. On the road in Starkville in week two. Arkansas at home September 23rd. Sorry, the state game's week three. And then they uh, they make the trip to Oxford to take on Ole Miss in, uh, in week five. Wilson, always appreciate your time. Great catching up. Thanks for having me. I'll have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Wilson Alexander from The Advocate covers LSU. Joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. You can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. We're back with you inside the sportsbook at the Golden Moon after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on this Monday afternoon at Sports Talk Mississippi inside the sports book at Timeout Lounge, inside the Golden Moon Casino. Air condition is great, although it feels much better outside today. Uh, Erica Moore joins us now. She is Director of Public Relations and Guest Services at Pearl River Resort. And uh, great to see you. We, we, we are entering a busy stretch around here. We absolutely are, and this is how we like it. We I like, like to it. Stay busy. Very, very good. So let, let's start with the, uh, the sports book. Five-year anniversary. 
coming up, I think, Wednesday officially, right? It is Wednesday at 1 p.m. All right, so what do people need to know about what's going on Wednesday? First of all, we're inviting the public to attend. Okay. We certainly want you here because the first sports bettors are going to get a free anniversary T-shirt. And also, they're going to get to hear remarks uh, from our chief, Cyrus Ben, who's always a great speaker for us, and he always knows how to um, set the tone for what we're doing for their celebrations. Also, if you come in, we're going to have an anniversary cake cutting, and then you can also enjoy some burgers and fries for only five bucks. So. What's the cake going to look like? It's going to be like a big dollar sign or like a, a poker chip or no, uh, like, like a, a, a ticket that comes out of the uh, the kiosk? It, we sh- we'll certainly do that just for you. We'll make sure it's very special. That'll be good. And Yeah, and then there are also going to be some drawings that folks can enter for some great prizes, too. I, I, you're not in charge of the cake, are you? I'm not in charge of the cake, but I can tell them how to design yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's, uh, that's what we want to do. Um, so many great live music acts come to uh, Pearl River Resort, to the to the Silver Star Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Buddy Guys, I mean, you're talking about one of the all-time greats. Oh, absolutely. One of the best guitars you'll find. Uh, that is coming. I had the date right here in front of me. That is this weekend. Yeah, September 2nd. Saturday night, September 2nd. Uh, Buddy Guy, uh, American blues guitarist, singer, one, one of the all-time greats. Tickets are still available for that. Online at PearlRiverResort.com, right? Absolutely, and you want to make sure that you go to our website, PearlRiverResort.com, to purchase those tickets. Because sometimes folks go to alternate sites, and, yep. and there's some oopses that happen, if you will. No, no oopses if you buy them directly uh, from Pearl River Resort. This has been a really, really hot summer. It absolutely has. Geyser Falls, that's the place to go. Uh, the sad part is we are nearing the end. We love fall. We love football season. But that means the end of the water park, and Labor Day weekend will be the last weekend for Geyser Falls, right? It sure will be the last weekend, but we have a lot of our um, staff who are students, and they're returning back to their classes. So we're going to end it this um, Labor Day weekend, like you just said. And we want folks to come out and enjoy that last hurrah and enjoy cooling off some from this hot weather. How's it been at Geyser Falls this summer? Geyser Falls has been phenomenal. And I actually grew up there, I like to say, because I started my career with Pearl River Resort working there. Did you really? Absolutely. I was uh, one that worked in the cage. Okay. So, yeah, I would walk around and kind of make change for people if they had too much cash in the registers. Real fancy type job. I got you. But anyway, so when I That means back, they trusted you from the get-go, though. Absolutely. So, I kind of, that trust has kind of grown in, into the positions that I am in now. So, <laughs> thank you for that. But, yeah, certainly when I go back, there, it's, very, it's very nostalgic. And my kids now have three little ones. They certainly enjoy going. And we have a new spot. Flash pad that we introduced this summer, okay. and that's their favorite spot. Well, I was going to say, what's your favorite spot, though? I like the big bucket that you know okay, fills up slowly leaky. and then dumps. I don't know why I'm like entranced. <laughs> I mean, that's like my kind of you know non-thrill slide guy. Gotcha. I love the slides. Absolutely, I love the lazy river. There you go. So I'm a little bit. That's less that's Haydad's favorite, also. <laughs> I knew we got along for some reason. Yeah. The the lazy river. Uh, I think he would uh, would stay there all day. All right, big picture stuff. Uh, we know the poker tournament is coming back in October with uh, another million Philly, where there's a million dollars guaranteed prize money to be uh, to be given away. Um, the fall generally gets busier in the casino and kind of across the the board, right? Absolutely, and that's why we always recommend that folks go to our website and stay updated. Even our Facebook, all of our social media sites will have all of the things that are jam-packed in there so you can kind of keep track of what's coming and when. Eric, I I love my family. I love my kids. And then I love golf. Golf and college football are kind of right there together. And rolling into the fall, 
is a spectacular time. We know the azaleas when you're over there in March and early April. Right. Flowers are popping. It's absolutely spectacular, but there's nothing quite like fall golf. Two courses, and they're going to be in just perfect condition. Absolutely. Our team takes much pride in uh, maintaining those courses. And like you said, the azaleas is beautiful in that time of year, but then also you have the oaks. Any time of the year, you can enjoy that course as well. And what, what, what else do we need to know about Big Picture? Big Picture, we've had a lot of things coming coming up down the pipelines. Okay. Bocoma Casino, they're also going to be celebrating their fifth anniversary the following day after us on Wednesday. They'll have theirs on Thursday. Some of the same things, the cake cutting, their remarks, and that type of thing. But also they're going to be expanding soon and have a larger sports book. And even a restaurant is going to be added to that property. It's about 7,000 square feet that are going to be added oh, wow. to Bocoma Casino. Well, that's, that's really – you know, Ryan and I have talked about that. Chris and I have talked about it. And – Everybody said that, that this has exceeded all expectations. Mm -hmm. And then Bocoma is just almost like at another level, especially giving, uh, given the size. There. Absolutely. So we're expecting big things from it once it does expand and offer even more seating for those guests, a much more comfortable atmosphere, similar to what we're sitting right here in here at the Pearl River Resort. Probably. There you go. Erica, great to see you. You as well, good, always. Good catching up. And uh, just a reminder, tons happening at Pearl River Resort. Looking for a, uh, a weeknight or a weekend getaway? This is your spot. Plenty to do, and we didn't even talk about food. We'll do that <laughs> later on. Sports Talk Mississippi, back at Pearl River Resort after this with you. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. Well, that was a fast first hour. Good to be with you on this Monday. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio on site today. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road inside the Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge inside the Golden Moon Casino. You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Introducing the new Connect and Protect plan from C Spire. The phone your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. Just $30 a month with auto pay. Learn more at cspire.com. Cspire, customer inspired. It is Monday. It is just after 4 o'clock. And that means it's time for winners and losers. All I, all I, all I, all I do is win. The game is pretty self-explanatory. Winners, what'd you like? Losers, what stunk from the weekend that we just finished? Michael Borky, why don't you hit leadoff for us? Give me a winner. How about Don Brown and the UMass Minutemen? Okay. I mean, what a cool story that is. For, for college football, everything this offseason was all about, you know, money and big brands and conference, all this stuff going on, and everybody kind of lost focus of the, 
the beauty of college football that isn't LSU and Georgia and the big brands. UMass was awful a year ago after being awful under multiple coaches in a row. But remember all the way back into the early 2000s, Don Brown had them rolling before he left to take the defensive coordinator position right at Maryland. And then they fell off the cliff. A once proud program became a disaster. They don't even have a conference right now. 1-11 a year ago, the worst offense in all of college football. And UMass goes on the road to New Mexico State, an up-and-coming program with Jerry Kill uh, themselves. And they score 41 points and win a football game. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, La- last five years, 4-8, and 1-11, 0-4, 1-11, 1-11. I mean, that, uh, imagine the few UMass fans out there surviving through that and then the euphoria that they felt when they won that game. Two of those touchdowns were defensive, at least that I saw, so the 41 points maybe isn't all offense. But watching that game and seeing their reaction after that win reminded me of how great of a sport college football really is. That was a cool moment. Don Brown in his old age uh, apparently still has it. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stay on, on Saturday, as you might imagine, and go with Jacksonville State, getting their first ever win as an FBS program, uh, You know, beating UTEP, and it's a conference game for them. Uh, you know, our, our friend Rich Rod going to have things going there at Jacksonville State. So that was fun. I mean, and, and Borky made a really good point. You know, on, on week zero, you don't have a whole lot of options as far as you, you can't really talk about Georgia and, and, and things like that. you, you got to look at these other teams, and that gave us that opportunity. So and Jacksonville State took full advantage. They had, you know, had a, had a, Jacksonville State won't be on ESPN the rest of the season. But with their one no. their one moment of fame, they took uh, they took full advantage of it. I, I'm going to uh, go to the FCS, if I may, for uh, a winner and stay right here in the state of Mississippi. T.C. Taylor and the Jackson State Tigers in their season debut got a little bit of a uh, little bit of sweet revenge at Center Park Stadium, which is the old Turner Field in downtown Atlanta. They get a 37 to seven win over South Carolina State, a South Carolina State that beat them in the Celebration Bowl a couple of years ago, robbing them of a national championship. A 30-point win, 37-7, to and uh, Jackson State, no Shadur Sanders, uh, no problem. How about their starting quarterback going for 356 yards and three touchdowns? Jason Brown was not picked off in the ball game. Irv Mulligan had a big day catching the ball. How about this? 14 catches for a buck nine for him in that game. Carries. Carries, that's right. That would be a heck of a day, 14 catches. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, the yards per catch would be a little bit <laughs> a little low. low, but still. Uh, yeah, that was on the ground. Sorry, Irv Mulligan had a touchdown on the ground, 109 yards. Do you, average. Want, a, do you want a mulligan on that? I, I, I needed <laughs> one. I needed one. He didn't need a mulligan the other day, though. Uh, good all-around performance, though, for Jackson State. Uh, I'll just throw – I got two other quick winners. I, I, we talked about him in the Open today. I thought Sam Hartman was good, right? There were – well, is he a system quarterback? They they have the stretch zone, really hold it, kind of a funky offense. No, he looked like a really mature quarterback that was completely in control of that Notre Dame offense. It's almost like being a sixth-year, 23-year-old playing quarterback against a bunch of 17-, 18-, and 19-year-olds is a bit of an advantage. Kind of a – Kind of funny to hear. Oh, he he hasn't ever taken a snap under center, but we're still going to rank Notre Dame thirteenth. Not a huge issue, I guess. 
Uh, we got our look at the uh, the rib necklace, by the way. Did you guys see I it? I saw it. That thing is, it is creepy. It's terrible. It's yeah. really creepy. Well, how could it have been anything else? No, you're right. Good point. You're right. Uh, I know you guys were probably not locked in on the Tour Championship this weekend. I kind of came and went, but there yesterday. was very little that was on television yesterday. Yeah, you 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 bought your television yesterday. I did not. Um, the show that Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley put on was incredible. You had a 62 and a 63 in the final pairing. If Victor Hovland had given an inch, he was going to lose that golf tournament yesterday because yeah. Shoffley played out of his mind. I saw somebody suggest today that they rename Eastlake Shoffley's Alley. Yeah, you got Hogan's Alley out at Riviera on the West Coast. Maybe yeah. that should be the name because he just plays so well at the Tour Championship. But Victor Hovland didn't give an inch. He, he made clutch putt after clutch putt. Had so many short putts for birdie because he was just putting on a stripe show with his irons. Hottest golfer on the planet right now. Wins back-to-back weeks and cashed an $18 million check yesterday. He said after the round as well. Yeah, he's like, you know, I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I don't really need that much money. (laughs) Hey, Victor, hit me up if you're just giving it away. I mean, what's going on here? A ringing endorsement for Oklahoma State, by the way. (laughs) Well, I mean... I don't Eight, need a lot of money to live where I live. $18 million would be good in a lot of places. Yeah. So, uh, Any other winners? I know you guys weren't locked in on professional wrestling yesterday. No, but no I did see the picture of the spikes coming out of that dude's head, though. Yeah, because I tweeted it at you. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it was incredible. Uh, AW, the largest international crowd in professional wrestling history, 81,035 people at Wembley Stadium. Mm. Uh, an incredible, a really good show, very enjoyable. Uh, they announced they'll be back next year uh, for, for another show there. And as, as Borky mentioned, you know, I, I love when there's a first on a wrestling show, and I have never seen anybody take the pack of skewers like you put the kebabs on and jam them into somebody's head before, and then he walked around like it was a mohawk for Wait, a couple minutes. wooden skewers wooden or metal skewers? Wooden. Okay. Just, just, so, just, just popped them in like that. And uh, I hate to spoil the fun. How do you fake that? You don't. It hurts. That's one of the things that's not fake. He, well, I mean, were they? So he. They were in his head. Yes. In his head? They were in his head. Yeah. He had to. They had to pull him out. Ooh. Yeah. That <laughs> was something. Ooh. That was something. It was fun. I had a good time. Very enjoyable. So glad you did. Yeah. So so glad you uh, you did. Um, <laughs> any losers? Coaches playing coy. Now okay. now I get. Ooh. So so I get. Like, Nick Saban didn't release a, a depth chart today. Either did Ole Miss, by the way. Uh, did not release a depth chart. They claim it's coming later. It may or may not. People are criticizing that. I think the depth chart component has some tampering involved where they don't want to tell everybody, hey, this player that you recruited, he's running third team, so call him. I think there's some of that going on here as well, that coaches are afraid to put out depth charts so their players will start getting recruited by other people. There's some of that there. It's also a little bit ridiculous. Uh, Lane Kiffin still won't name who his starting quarterback is. Everybody knows who it's going to be. He hasn't decided yet. Of well, course, he, of course I, I, I am to decided. the point where I am second-guessing myself. Nah, you should be fine. I, I, I mean, Jackson darts the quarterback, yes. but what are we doing at this point? I, I, he's, he's being laned is what he's doing at this point. But but it, it went too far today. Tom Allen, we know Tom Allen, the former what linebackers coach at Ole Miss back in the Hugh Freeze days, is now on the hot seat at Indiana. Yeah, it was really good until it wasn't there. It was good until it wasn't. Uh, He said today that he has decided who his starting kicker is going to be. Starting kicker? Kicker. 
but he refuses to name him publicly. And are we really getting that stupid with this? I mean, they play Ohio State this weekend. Do, is, is keeping your kicker in the dark really going to help you lose to, I mean, uh, play against <laughs> Ohio State? No. All right. I mean, what are we doing so, so, here? So let's just cast a really, really wide net here. And when I say this, you have to know that there are exceptions. It's not the case for everybody. Football coaches across the board, not that smart. I mean, they're, 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 they're smart in their field. They are smart at what they do. Yeah. They, I do not have the ability to dissect a defense the way that a football coach does or, or come up with offensive game plans or special team surprises or any of those things. But beyond the micro, maybe there's just so much money wrapped up in it they realize that could be the di- they think it could be the difference in winning and losing and you're feeling the pressure and so like you couldn't drive Your kicker? a kicker you couldn't drive a, a penny nail with a ball peen hammer through whatever we'll be back here comes more sports talk mississippi you ready guys on super talk mississippi Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Want to get to uh, some of your winners and losers? I have a loser, though. You do? Yeah. You guys got on me Thursday about not watching College Game Day. And then College Game Day went and showed you exactly why I don't watch College Game Day. First off, they do their, their you know, dark horses in the Big Ten, and Kirk Herbstreit's up there talking about Illinois and how they beat Mississippi State in the ReliQuest. Boy, are you Ooh. sure about that? Are you sure about that? And then – Their preseason show is a bad show, though. And then – Bad last year. Then I get to make two uh, I think you should leave references in one uh, comment here. They, they do a whole segment about how realignment is killing tradition and killing all these rivalries. We're all looking for the guy who did this. It's you, ESPN. You're the ones who did this. You created this problem. So for you to be so sanctimonious to sit up there and say, we don't know why this is happening. It's killing college football. You did it. They played a role in it. They didn't do it. They did it. They're the ones who are just like, hey, we've got unlimited money for you if you'll just move some things around for us. Well, Fox is equally to blame there. Fox was I actually... I don't blaming them. Blame Fox, them as well. Fox was in... Now, I, I guess I'm sticking up for employer. Yeah, that's fine. I'll let I, you have it. I understand that, but I mean, Fox was in the room with the negotiations that led to USC and UCLA mm-hmm. leaving the Pac-12, which started the but, dominoes of that conference. But this started crumbling. with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. And so that's an ESPN. I'm just telling you, for ESPN to just sit up there and say, we don't, know, we don't understand why we're trying to kill. You did it. The smoking gun, the fingerprints on the knife, they're yours. So I don't like to watch college game day. It's the whole uh, 
point I'm trying to make here. In fairness, the people who are talking into microphones on set didn't do it. No. And 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 the opinions, like when I feel in Gala, I'm surprised it doesn't happen on our show. Yeah. But there's a little blurb that goes at the beginning of the Gallo show because he gets into some more controversial topics than we do. He's been known to, yeah. And he's like, you know, the opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the opinions of, you know, Telesouth Communications, Super Talk Mississippi Media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have one like that every time I say something supportive about Mississippi State. Can I get access to that button? I would love to press that button on the regular. <laughs> Will, can I get a hot button? <laughs> Got it. Thank you. Uh, he was like, what a great win for Mississippi State. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the opinions of... You know that happened. That'd be great. You know that happened on social media with uh, when we went to the Ole Miss National Championship Parade. They put out a, a picture on Facebook, and it said, we at Super Talk are so proud of our Rebels. And I just went... <laughs> The views in this picture are not expressed by all Super Talk. Oh, my, oh, my. Uh, any other losers? Will, do you have a winner or a loser that you would like to contribute, or would you like us just to move right along? I don't uh, want to I would say, you. I'd say the Vanderbilt crane operator was a winner. <laughs> God, you know, nothing that. fell. Uh, yeah. So I think that was good. A loser, the ref in the San Diego State Ohio University game. Uh, the one who got took hit. it off the face. In the <laughs> face. In the face. In the face. Somebody said, you know who threw that ball, too? Jaden Maiden. Yeah. Jalen Maiden. Former MSU Bulldog. I, I saw somebody with the take that if the best offensive highlight from your game is smashing the referee <laughs> with the football in the face, then it might not have been the best day throwing well, it. Not even like he was downfield. That's a two-yard pass right in the, right in the schnoz. All right, let's who, go to the C Spire. Is that you, Borky, line. by the way? Who yeah. Tweet, yeah, who's like, this is Brian Haydad's biggest dream. Mm. <laughs> or whatever. We've got to save that video for this season, too. One We're going to need it. The... We're going to need it. Let's see here. What have we? We have uh, winners and losers on the C Spire text line. Josh and Laurel. Borky is a loser for calling wrestling fake. Uh, Billy is uh, saying that his, win- his, his cousin, Paige Watson, is a winner. For nominating him for the veterans' recognition that they do on the field at oh, Davis cool. Wade Stadium, he was selected, and he's honored, and will be on the field this coming Saturday. That's so, awesome. uh, very cool, Billy. Uh, congratulations to you, and thank you for your service, and what a great gesture uh, by your cousin Paige. So, very, very good. Um, CC in Senatobia. Every coach I ever had was 95% testosterone and 5% brain. Lucas in Union, winner WWE for their touching tribute to Bray Wyatt after uh, he unexpectedly passed away at the age of 36 last Wednesday. Loser FIU passing game. They had four total yards. Eek. And they almost won. Yeah. They had the lead in that game. They had the lead for a while. They carried it for a long time. Couldn't get it done. David in West Point. Sphincter was the word you were looking for, Richard. I knew the word. I was. It was the illustration that I was going to just cut that one second. Yeah. It was the the illustration. I, I the, uh, oh yeah. The, the rub. Yeah, rub it yeah, with your fingers. I don't know what I'm yeah. going to save. We'll it save it for it. something yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, loser Tom Fornelli at CBS Sports for calling. Texas, the most underrated team in the country. 
Lost a lot of respect for him after that statement. LSU and, and Texas, super underrated. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> They're playing the Cotton Bowl or something. Oh, they're just underrated. Again, Kentucky is underrated if you want to go down that road. Mississippi State, underrated. Not Texas, yeah. not LSU. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. Aaron from uh, Madison tells us that the uh, the kicker that not uh, is not starting, his dad's NIL contribution check hasn't yet cleared. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to tell you who my starting kicker is. Give me a break. Uh, Winner, all of us, for this 80-degree weather compared to last week, amen and amen? I I said it it feels like November out there. Uh, Just give me a little rain, and then we're all set. My yard's still crunchy. Winner. I'll walk on it. (laughs) New Cowboys offensive coordinator, Dak Prescott. Yeah. He's been calling plays while not playing in the preseason, and uh, that offense has been humming. I mean, are we going to see, you know, future Mississippi State head coach Dak Prescott? Are we getting a, a, an example of what's going to happen after he retires? What, what if, well, just what? slow your roll a second. What if Dak Prescott calls his own plays while playing quarterback in Could the happen. Game? Could happen. Wait, so, so his last contract week? is worth, what, $140 million? Yeah. And he's going to grind away calling 16-year-olds for 14 hours a day every he lo- day? He loves his dogs. He loves his dogs, mm. yeah. If you say so. You yeah. can love your dogs and, and love uh, the opinions of this program, but not necessarily <laughs> the winner NASCAR for the safety put into these new cars after seeing Ryan Priestley's wreck at Daytona on Saturday night. Ooh. I admit to having not seen it. You need to see and, it. I, no. And then Scary Gary enlightened uh, me, and we watched it from multiple angles, and holy moly. I, I, I've watched it about five times, and every time I'm like, there's no way he's actually alive. But he is. Good for him. I'm glad that he made it. Uh, winners, my son and his college roommate played both courses this weekend and stayed at Dancing Rabbit. Hung out at Geyser Falls as well. Well, yeah, Dwayne, they did win. And I think you had something to do with that. So very, very cool. Uh, somebody says Gator Hunters, win or lose? I don't have the information in front of me. Did, did they have the tag? If they killed it legally? They are winners. That is an incredible. I think they're talking about that record gator that they killed. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 I, I I know exactly what it was referencing. I was just saying I didn't have like all of the the measurements and the the weight and it was like fourteen feet eight hundred pounds. That's not even an alligator anymore. That it's, is a dinosaur. It's a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It looks more like a megalodon than it does a an, an alligator. No, man, if they killed that legally, yeah, that's a winner. Are you kidding? Did you yeah. see the size of that thing and then the po' boys that can make out of that afterwards? <laughs> a lot of gumbo. Yeah. A lot of gumbo. Look, my, an entire town. I've told you guys before about my uncle that lives in Louisiana. They've been they've been alligator hunting for, for years and years, long before it was legal in Mississippi. Yeah. It was in Louisiana. And, and the hunting style is a little bit different there, but... He harvested a 12-foot alligator years ago, and he's got the head, you know, like mounted on a desk somewhere. And I've seen it before, and I remember going, man, that's a big alligator. But until you see that head attached to the body, yeah. you, you're, you're not getting the full experience as to how big a 14-foot alligator is. What is this table? It's uh, probably a eight, right? six or an 8-foot table. So we're talking another table. This is a 6-foot table. All right, so another table plus. Plus. That weighs a little bit more. Yeah. 14 feet, 3 inches, 802 and a half pounds. Basically down to almost a TV on the other end there. Just about. That, I mean, that's a monster. That's a and, legitimate And do you realize monster. how fast he can swim? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that the running an angles thing would stop you on that one. No. He, he might still get you. I don't know, man. 
That's the only shot I got. I'm going to give it a shot. foot, three inches, 802 pounds. Whew. Mike at Oxford says they could make belts for me and Hey Dad from that thing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's a great one, Mike. Uh, that's a great one. Sports Talk Mississippi <laughs> with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios on the road on this Monday. We will continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days when we come back. Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Things get a little busier this weekend. Season opener for Ole Miss at home at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium on Saturday afternoon. One o'clock kick on Saturday afternoon for Saturday afternoon when that game is being played. Is it in the afternoon on Saturday? That's what I hear. Uh, weather outlook this weekend, by the way, could yeah. be worse. Looking good, could be worse. Could be a lot worse. So if you're holding out because it was going to be a hundred again, go. You'll be comfortable-ish. Lane knew what he was doing. Yeah. I wonder what the hourly is when you get to like six or seven o'clock. Not that it matters because they're playing you know, in the afternoon. With a low of 70, it's probably uh, better than 88, but still. I mean, the, the outlook here, 88 yep. is a high for both places. 88, 70 for both. Point being, to keep up with everything that's going on in Oxford, go to visitoxfordms.com and follow on all of their social media channels, including uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter at visitoxfordms. Events calendar there. You can see all the stuff that is happening. Let us pick up. We are nearing the end. It has been um, a glorious journey from team number 100 to team number one. We have made it to team number six on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. I will hear an argument for this team as having low-key the best uniforms in college football, the Pittsburgh Panthers. Pittsburgh out of the ACC. I especially like the road uniform, the yellow pants with the wide blue stripe trimmed in white. With the white jerseys, the blue numbers trimmed in yellow, the yellow helmets with that script pit on the helmet. Yeah, that is the a rebrand fine, was a great idea. Fine. Well, the fact that they went away from it that. It was a terrible idea. And then they, This is what we've learned sort of with Mississippi State, right? This is what the fans want. They want the old school, the old uh, uniforms. Yeah. So, sometimes you don't know that you want the old uniforms until, until you, until you go away uniforms. from the yeah, old uniforms like, for a while. 
I mean, because it, look, it was a it was a huge deal. Yeah, to get that, when to get that back. David Cutcliffe brought back the navy blue Ole Miss helmets. They had been wearing the powder blue helmets under Billy Brewer, and I guess Jolie Dunn did that. And then um, Cut was next, right? You missed Tuberville. I mean, I, I'm sorry, it was Tuberville that brought the navy blue yeah. helmets back. That's right. I knew there was that didn't sound right. Tuberville brought back the navy blue helmets. Yeah. It's not like I got doing anything. And people were super fired up about, oh, the navy blue helmets look so good. And they do. Uh-huh. But they are great-looking helmets. But when you go about two decades without something that kind of stirs up nostalgia mm-hmm. in people's hearts and minds, mm-hmm. and then you roll it back out there, it's like a one-time-only thing, and people are just like go crazy for it. You look up a couple of years later, and it's like, well, that's kind of your thing. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even know if Ole Miss has a Navy helmet this year. They've got white helmets, and they've got the, the powder blue. I don't know if they've got the actual Navy helmet. Which, by the way, is, again, a great look. I mean, it's a really good-looking helmet. Yeah. It's really good-looking, just not as good-looking. It, it, it does not pop the way. It's like me compared to you. Yeah, I'm really good looking, but I'm not as good looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. Anyway, Pittsburgh's got great uniforms. They went nine and four a year ago. Pat Narduzzi loves to complain. He's crotchety. He's ornery. He's old man yells at Cloud. They're poaching my roster, and yeah, everybody picked against us, and blah 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 blah. Pat Narduzzi, they took my job. But you know what they did? What's that? What he does? He wins. He wins games. Nine and four last year. Didn't make the playoff like Desmond Howard predicted. But eleven still a good season. Eleven and three the year before that yeah. with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Um, so lost excellent. a first round pick. Lost a first round pick and only dropped a couple couple spots there. Really lost two first round picks. Yeah, with Jordan Addison. Jordan yeah. Addison goes to the West Coast of Southern Cal. I mean, he he lost two first round picks off of that team and they go from 11 wins to 9 wins. He's a pretty good football coach. Uh, they finished it out with a really entertaining Sun Bowl win over UCLA 37 to 35 uh, when it was all said and done. So, who's going to be the quarterback? Phil Jerkovic, who is a transfer because Keaton Slovis who was the quarterback last year? You know what he did? Transferred. He transferred. Again. 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 Where did he end up? He's in the – oh, God. He's at BYU. That's right. That's right. I wonder why he left Pittsburgh. For, probably, for the same reason he left USC. He's not good enough, I guess. Well, but the point is he was a returning starter and threw for 20 – oh, never mind. Yeah. Look at those numbers again. Yeah, he he, uh, he completed 58% for 2,400 yards with 10 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. Yeah. yeah, It's time to go. Yep. He should have uh, should have transferred. Yeah. So, uh, Jerkovich gets the job at uh, – and, and he – where did he transfer him from? Boston uh, College, right? Yeah, who where he also had transferred from Notre Dame. You put your transfer in, you take a transfer out, put a transfer in, and you shake them all about. You do the transfer portal and you turn yourself around. Nobody so remembers on, where we are anymore. Clap, 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 that's clap, what clap, it's clap. all about. All right. Oh, uh, Pittsburgh opens with Wofford. Then they get Cincinnati. So that's a little ACC Big 12 action. Yeah. 
It is. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Just like we all thought. Uh, then they go to West Virginia. A little backyard, backyard brawl. brawl in week three. I love the backyard Dude, brawl. That was nasty last it year. It was nasty, and it was a great football game, too. Pittsburgh won at 38-31. Slovis versus Daniels. Talk oh, about Nard- transfers. Narduzzi was so hot in that interview with yeah. uh, Scott. Well, that was the Monday night game yeah. last year, yeah. wasn't it? No, oh, Thursday night. That was Thursday, Thursday night. That, that was, was our Thursday introduction. Night. That was the first game. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Were there two good games that night? Uh, no, no, no. Maybe. I was just doing the UCF game. I didn't, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. That, that was a great game. Yeah, it was not. Um, <laughs> but I got back to the hotel and got to watch the fourth quarter. That, that's what it was. It was watching Sports Center and yeah. Narduzzi was all he was, he was salty with yeah. Van Pelt after the game. And, and Scott was like, Coach, I, it wasn't me that said your team wasn't good. I, I love you guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway. Um, so West Virginia, Country Roads. By the way, Neil Brown might get fired after that game. Possibly. Could could very easily happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's not the game that you want to lose if you're Neil Brown. How, how is that not working out? Uh, anyway, back to Pittsburgh, but him not working surprises me. Then it's ACC play. North Carolina at home at Virginia Tech, open date. They go to Lu- or host Louisville, go to Wake and, ba- and Notre Dame in back-to-back weeks. Florida State at home, Cuse at home, BC at home, and they finish at Duke. It's a pretty darn good home schedule for Pittsburgh. Yeah. They'll be good. Cincinnati, North Carolina, Louisville, Florida State, excuse me, Florida State, Syracuse, and Boston College, and Wofford. Eight, nine wins again. All at home. So You're right. Yeah. You're right. That That is another eight, nine win little, team. A uh, little quick breaking news here. We finally got a word that I, I've been knowing it was going to happen, but uh, Mississippi State will pay tribute to Mike Leach on Saturday as part of the season opener. Uh, notable remembrances, that's a quote will be visible, including a presentation with the Leach family at the conclusion of the first quarter. That'll be a that'll be an emotional moment to start with. Yes, and it, it also should serve as closure. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there's there. I I I'm sort of talking to some people. But this may be a little bit off the record, but they know Mike Leach would not want a statue. They know Mike Leach would not want a pavilion named after him or a street named after him. Right, that's not Mike Leach, you know. So they're trying to figure out a way to honor him permanently. But at the same time, they want to do something in this first game. This is the first time everybody's back together in the stadium since this happened. What would be a fitting permanent memorial? So, uh, all right, so I mean, I've, I've got an idea. This, right? well, I mean, to bring a tree from the, from the Keys to find like a palm, a palm? Tr- yeah, a palm tree or something. That you know, Ooh, I, I don't idea. know that it could survive in Mississippi. But what if somebody that planted palm trees at a restaurant one time and they like wrapped electric blankets around the base. Yeah, I've in got the a neighbor time. that keeps a palm alive. Well, there's, there I'm sure there's a way that you could do it. That is a good idea. Um, I like that. How about and, perma- and, permanently fly a Jolly Roger flag? I thought about stadium. that as well. I don't know, but I, I thought about that. It's not a bad idea. Have the the American flag, the Mississippi flag. And then underneath it, a, a small pirate yeah, flag. And I'm not so sure that I, I don't think that I would do it on the American Mississippi flagpole. Mm-hmm. I think I would put a flagpole in another flagpole. part of the stadium it's and one of the, maybe the corner or off the top of the yeah um, or the north end zone. I think what Leach would really like is to go to the visitors' locker room and make it as terrible as you possibly can and have it the Mike Leach Memorial <laughs> Visiting Locker Room. And it's just a bunch of nails that you can hang your stuff on, and there's a bucket over there in the corner. You can go in that. You know, we talk about lines a lot. We don't really know what we're talking about. 
Chris Hopwood does. Yes, he does. He's the director of the sports book here at uh, the sports book inside Timeout Lounge in the Golden Moon. We will talk with him next, right here in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you from the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. Chris Hopwood joins us right now. He's no stranger to you, no stranger to the show. Good to see you as always, my friend. Happy football season. Yeah, it's great to have football back. I mean, all the excitement is coming back. Uh, waiting for all our customers to come back after the slow baseball season. You, you, don't, you don't fill this place up every single night with people just trying to pound the Brewers? No, sorry. I wish it was that way. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure you do. Um, so obviously things are about to get really busy. You get a little bit of a taste of it this weekend. Had kind of an appetizer, a, a soft opening. Um, was there much interest this weekend with the the, the limited slate of games? Yeah, we had a, we actually had a lot of interest this weekend. But it, of course, coming up is going to be even more exciting. It's, it's almost like a teaser from like we had a little, like you said, soft opening. Yeah. Then we have this weekend with college football spread from Thursday through Monday, oh. and then we get the NFL start up on the week after. So it's like just just builds. It, it, it's all coming. It's all coming fast. So we've been talking about this Florida Utah game that uh, that you've got on the the books. You've got uh, Utah's a six and a half point favorite uh, right now. And, and we've talked in the past about the fact that you adjust lines locally a little bit as you see fit based on the action that comes in on one side or the other, right? Yeah, so right now, I mean, every, every line is basically square with the rest of the industry except for a few games. I think we're a point or a point and a half high on Auburn because we've had some interest in that early. Really? But usually we, wait, we have to wait to see how the money comes in. And once the money starts coming in, then we can start playing with the numbers locally, like you said. Have you um, – you know who Billy Walters is? Yes. You're, you're, have you read the book yet? I have not read the book, but I, I'm familiar with him. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated. He, he's got the book. It, it got a lot of acclaim because there's the Phil Mickelson stuff in right. there. And about, I don't know, about three quarters of the way through it. And, you know, some of it, I think there's a lot of self promotion there, which my understanding is kind of lines up with who he is. Um, but there's some really interesting behind the scenes stuff on kind of his process and, how much he's wagered, and it really is crazy. And he's been doing it for like six decades. Yeah, I mean, the the math behind it and the algorithms that he keeps to himself that he doesn't really share with anybody else, and it, it's, it's always that way. I mean, the, the best usually keep it to themselves. And uh, I know when I was in Vegas, we would have what we, they would classify as runners. Mm-hmm. So they're, those, those are the ones, if you know they're betting for someone else, you're not supposed to take their bets. But that's usually how they get their money down because, like, if he walked in at the time, you're not going to go and get a million dollars down on a game. So they're going to spread it through every casino they could get because as soon as one casino's line moves, like, everyone in the entire city would move. And so they're trying to get that action simultaneously right. at all of the books locally and abroad and 
yeah. offshore and the whole deal. And, and but now since it's spread out throughout the country, it's almost kind of the same thing. Like it's if you have, let's just say he's located in Vegas, he's gonna call people probably in New Jersey, Michigan, wherever else, and be like, get all this. Money Hopefully down. in Mississippi. Hopefully Mississippi. Take his, take his action here, right? He doesn't win them all. They're not gonna win them all, but uh, yeah, he's got a little edge. So when when you hear about somebody that has developed a system, do you roll your eyes about that, or does that cause you to kind of perk up a little bit? It's. I mean, you're always trying to beat them, but uh, the one thing is, like we always usually say, and they've said it for a long time, is you want those guys to kind of bet early because it's kind of set your number, and it yeah. sets the number for the rest of the recreational betters to come in through the weekend. So it's now your number's even sharper to beat the recreational betters, and that's kind of, I guess, the, the goal because mostly, cause a lot more of the action is coming in from recreational betters. So whether it's Billy Walters or some of these other gamblers, I mean, or, or handicappers or whatever, aren't, aren't they – generally speaking, kind of coming up with their own power rating or power ranking for teams and then trying to kind of find a middle ground based on what's there and where they can find value against the posted line. I mean, is that that's kind of like big picture what they're trying to do, right? It, it is, but it's also a game too because let's just say they did what we talked about where they spread their money around and got the line to move everywhere in the world. So if the, the line moved three points, now you basically create a middle they can bet back the other way because the customers push a little farther. So now if it falls, let's just say it went from three to six, if it falls four or five, or pushes on the numbers, they just win both sides. Yeah. And you, you're hoping you pick up something from the customers, but you just lost both sides to them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the game they play, too. Like, if they find a game that they can push the number with and the, and the, and the public will push the number even farther, then they have a huge advantage. Is there ever a way for the house to win on both sides? It, it happens very rarely, but there are times where that can happen, like, especially where you had some money coming in earlier, and then you would have, let's just say, an injury pops off where yeah. a quarterback goes out. Now the line moves in the wrong direction where it actually favors the house because now if it falls in those directions the number had been adjusted, then, yeah, there's a chance you win both sides. But you always want a fair number for the customers. Sure. So that's what I'm always looking for. Yeah. Visiting with Chris Hopwood. He's the director of the sports book here at, uh, at Pearl River Resort in uh, Bacoma. Um, celebrate a birthday, an anniversary. Yeah. Uh, five years on Wednesday. Bacoma is five years on Thursday. Five years has gone in a, a hurry. Now, you've put in a lot of hours. I don't want to short you. It may feel like 50 years to you. I don't know, but what a what a crazy ride it's been, huh? No, I, it feels like it's gone fast. I mean, it's, it's been a fun journey to start from, something from scratch in Mississippi, outside of from my norm, from Vegas. But, uh, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a lot of hours. But, yeah, now you look back on it, it's been like it feels like a short time. If I had asked you five years ago, will you still be here five years later, what would your answer have been? I still have friends asking me if I why I'm still here. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it here because, I mean, growing up in Miami and then being from Vegas for those 20 years each places, yeah, I, I like the slower lifestyle, but I also like that, the journey that we've been on here at the, in Pearl River. we got more coming up. That's Chris Hopwood visiting with us at the Pearl River Resort. 5 o'clock hour, college football fix is next. Thanks, buddy. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go, 5 o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. Glad to have you along in the Pearl River Resort Studio on site today, inside the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, 
I'm Richard Cross. We are glad, as always, to be with you. You want to join us, you can on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Learn more online at cspire.com slash business. I tell you all the time, I got good food here. I, I feel like I'm eating alone. Like, uh, I'm, uh, hey, Dad is like, he's no snack guy anymore. He's like, no, it's not meal time. This would be a snack. I'm not eating snacks. His willpower is incredible. Borky is on the verge of blowing away the next time a uh, a strong gust comes through. He has dropped. I mean, he's it's just thin as a promise. Skin is, oh, 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 hold on. If you talk loud enough, maybe they can. He's as thin as a promise. Ooh. Is your word not carry much weight? Not some people's. Mm. So, uh, anyway, so I'm eating by myself in these uh, barbecue tater tots and uh, mild wings with yeah. that uh, side of ranch and carrots over there. Um, yeah, George Thurgood sang about drinking alone. He didn't sing about eating alone. But we're with you. Like, yeah, we're you're not here. Really you're alone. not alone. Yeah. yeah. It'd be no different than if we were sitting at the bar and you ordered some food and, and Borky and I were like, nah. We're also, good. I'm crushing this popcorn, too. Yeah, so. He's eating some popcorn. I'll get some to eat when I get home. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, had a good lunch. Will, you would eat with me if you were here, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Okay, good. Know who my real friends are? That's, that's, you, that's fine. You and Normo the Clown down there in, uh, in Jackson. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Uh, I watch that clip at least once a week, and I laugh every time. It's, it's one of the best clips we've got. And that one just came out of nowhere, yeah, too. And just, I was I was at a complete loss. Yeah, just Will just racking off, you know, a bunch of horrific insults. I mean, if him. I would – now, he wasn't actually insulting, though. You, no, right? he, he, he was saying if he if, was going to, he was insult, going to yeah. insult you. That's all he said things. I yeah. think is the, uh, the way that was yeah. going to go. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Let's just jump right into the college football fix. I, was, I thought I had it. There. Oh, I like it. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. So you say you want to party. Let's party at Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. You can party with the summer sales event. Great savings. Mm. It is Monday. It is. Yeah. It's perfect. Anyway, college football fix driven by Ford. So, um, Brett McMurphy. Uh, he may have gotten more hits on this piece than any conference realignment tweet he made the entire offseason. Uh, that, perhaps that's an exaggeration. I don't know. Maybe not. Brett McMurphy, each SEC coach's favorite musical artist. And he did every coach in the country. Yes. All but, of them. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, We don't really care about them, though. Uh, we'll just do it alphabetically, right? Just go down the list. You have strong opinions on this. I do. I have some. Yeah. Uh, Alabama's Nick Saban, big Rolling Stones guy. No surprise there. We all knew that. Yeah. 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 Got no issue. Yeah. You uh, think when he meets uh, his new neighbor Celine Dion, he asks her about the Rolling Stones? So I'd, uh, I have. Uh, yeah. Have you ever met? Uh, ever met Mick Jagger? Right. <laughs> yeah. I have never met him. I bet she has. I bet she has, too, yeah. Uh, Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Big Aerosmith guy. Not bad. Totally believable. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. He's around that, that age group for Aerosmith, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, for all of his turn that jukebox up, 
Well, why, you know, a little sweet emotion? Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Um, he doesn't want to miss a thing. <laughs> I don't think that's the one he likes. Uh, Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Yeah. Eric Church. I mean, he's even got Church in his name. <laughs> so that was the one when I did the uh, the little thing that McMurphy set up. That was the easiest one. When I saw Eric Church, I was like, that is guaranteed who Hugh Freeze's favorite artist is. And I was right. I wonder if his friends with Mercy Me are mad at him. Also, when I did the Big Ten, I saw Tom Allen. I was like, I, I had to look up who Mercy Me was. I did. And then I saw, I can only imagine, I was like, that is Tom Allen. No question about it. And it was. So, Florida's Billy Napier, he's Ooh. getting some He's getting some hate here. Yeah. For saying Coldplay. That, that's a tough scene. They, they like turned out some hits, man. I, I know, but that's your favorite. Well, that's your favorite. if he's not a big music guy. Yeah. Well, that's that's possible too. He's a very football guy. Uh, Kirby Smart. Yeah. This I think this is a good call. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little mainstream right now. Luke Bryan is Luke Bryan from Georgia. Huge Georgia fan. Okay, then there, there you go. There you go. Right. Yeah. I, I did gonna, see a highlight. We're going to come back to that in a minute. I, I did see a highlight video of. Uh, Kirby Smart being an absolute liability at safety when they played Tennessee back in the day. <laughs> okay. Would you have had more respect for Kirby Smart if he had said Luke Combs and Luke Bryan? That's awesome. Luke Combs is better than Luke Bryan generally, yeah. Luke Combs is pretty good. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Big Toby Keith guy. Not surprising. We'll put a boot up your – it's the American way. That's right. Yeah. Buddy. I mean, Toby Keith is the war, is the working man's uh, icon, and Mark Stoops is a very blue collar coach. So yeah, I'll buy it. Uh, Brian Kelly, he, he's a boss guy. Bruce Springsteen overrated, very much like Brian Kelly. I would have. I'm really surprised he didn't go with. Uh, whoa, whoa. I'm really surprised he didn't go with Sly Stone and the family. <laughs> Why do you Family say Brian Kelly's style? overrated? I, I, I made He's a not joke. By the way. I made a joke. Bruce Springsteen is the most overrated rock musician of all time, and Brian Kelly's teams do really falter in the postseason. They, they do kind of do that. Yeah, when he doesn't have teams that are as good or as talented as the team that he's coaching now. Yeah, well, they were. Uh, they should have been as good and more talented than A and M last year, and look at what happened. Yeah, it's true. It's a true story. Uh, that was a regular season game. What a postseason game. For what it's worth. It, it just happened to be at the end of the year. It knocked them out of making the playoff or at least having an outside chance. Uh, Zach Arnett. Led Zeppelin. I knew what, I liked him. What a dub. That's a big dub. By the way, Zach Arnett, born six years after Led Zeppelin, broke up. The power of, you know, classic rock radio. Uh, yeah. Still hangs on. I yeah. mean, I've told you, it's the first CD I ever owned. It's Led Zeppelin, the greatest rock band of all time. Uh, Robert Plant wrote. The lyrics to Led Zeppelin 1 when he was 19. Yeah. That's pretty good stuff. Hey, he's good stuff. Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, big Eric Church guy. Uh, he's, that's, that makes sense. He's Just a poor, as forgettable as Eli. He's a poor man's Hugh Freeze. Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. Tay-Tay. Little, little Taylor Swift. I mean, Will was ready to go with that, wasn't he? He's over and over the button. I'm supposed to believe that a grown man, his favorite musical act is Taylor Swift. Not everything's for the gram, Lane. 
You know, you, you're allowed to be yourself every once in a while. But here's the thing. Taylor Swift, being Lane Kiffin's favorite musical artist, would surprise me not at all. He's, he's a... Isn't I mean... Right. He, he's from California, he's got two teenage daughters, and he spends his mornings at hot yoga. That's fine. A, a guy from no California way. who spends his no mornings way. at hot yoga with two teenage no daughters chance. liking Taylor Swift is like one this, plus one plus one is, plus one equals four. This is a troll, there, or it's a, I have to do this to keep up appearances. There's no there, there's a No, there's a third explanation. He's actually on the think, fishing boat listening to Taylor Swift. No way. Oh, you could 100% listen to Taylor Swift on the water. Hundred percent. There's another. I, I think Borky may be onto something. There's another option here. Yeah. Apparently, the Eras tour. Like, if you went and saw her show in mm-hmm. person, it was like as cool as anything that's ever I'm been sure done. It's fantastic. He probably went to one of those shows and walked. He already was a fan. No. He may have solidified. No chance. His Swifty fandom. No, no chance. Zero percent. <laughs> No, no way. No, I'm not not sellable. Not buying. I, I'm just not responding because mom said if there's nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Oh yeah. And I was just I was going to insult you. Oh. And I just decided not she, to. Is that why she was always so quiet around you? Um, probably. Shane Beamer at South Carolina. There's another one. Darius Rucker. Nobody likes Darius Rucker like that. Come on. It's because he's a South Carolina fan. Josh Heupel went up a notch or two in my book. He went Mumford and Sons. Like the Suns. Yeah. All right. Um, Richard loves the banjo music. Jimbo Fisher. George Strait. That was the second easiest one to pick. I I mean, he tells no lies. I missed the first one with Arnett. I said ACDC. And Vanderbilt's Clark Lee going with Camp. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. I, I think that's also for the brand. We, um, I think, I think there's a little bit to pick up in this conversation on the other side. By the way, I got a text message from a friend that said, "Hey, Dad is a meathead. Taylor is awesome." Sports Talk Mississippi back with you at the Pearl River Resort Your Studio right so after this. No, actually not. It's your college football fix, driven by Ford. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Yeah, the debate continued through the break. You know, you, you, I'm amused when you start down one of these rabbit holes where you, there are some topics in which you draw a line on the sand and you say, it is this way, it is only this way, there is no room for interpretation, it cannot be any other way, and you're stupid if you think it is. I'm a man of principle. But you also are not allowing for the fact that this is a subjective conversation and people, music maybe more than anything else, people have varying tastes. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you that if Lane Kiffin's favorite act is Taylor Swift, he is literally the only man his age in America that would answer that question that way. Let's see how many Taylor Swift songs I have on my phone. It's however many you have. It's that number more than me. Um, uh, that's fine. 
but but again, because you don't like something. No, 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 I don't not like Taylor Swift. She, I, I have the 1989, three songs from 1989. Okay. Taylor Swift is an incredible artist, an incredible performer, a great singer. But never in a million years would she be my favorite musical act. Yeah. Never. But that's you. That's... But, but, but what? But you... You're so angry. Look at hey, you. Hey, Dad. You're so worked up. You eat cereal with no milk and a spoon out of a bowl while sitting in your lazy boy in your underwear every morning. I'm not it's not like you are the single most mainstream person in the history of the world. You sit in your underwear with your kids in the house? That's just weird. Whatever. Underwear, no underwear. Whatever. I, I don't care how you're dressed. I mean, My point is, come back from a walk. you are not exactly Johnny Mainstream. Musically, I am. I'm pretty. I'm pretty mainstream. I'm pretty, pretty straight and narrow. Okay. Um, you're not even willing to entertain the possibility. No. That Taylor Swift might be Lane Kiffin's no chance favorite. I, I will not that musical pos- act. That possibility will not be entertained by Brian Haydad. No chance. <sighs> okay. Well, what others of these are fake? I think uh, Shane Beamer's is. I think he picked Darius Rucker because Darius Rucker is a huge Gamecock. Okay. Um, I learned in the break that Camp, I thought that was going to be a rapper. It is not. It is a folk music band. Okay. So I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Um, I mean, Luke Bryan being a Georgia fan, I didn't know he was a Georgia fan. So, yeah, that makes sense. So you think that's fake? Or you think Kirby Smart, because he's gotten to know Luke Bryan, who is a Georgia have, fan, has decided him. that he really likes his might stuff? Might have picked him. Okay. Yeah. So, because Kirby Smart strikes me as like as a country music guy, but I, more of a Garth Brooks, George Strait, old school country. Music. See, I, I also, text line's missing the point. Still, just like Hey Dad, he said I wouldn't pay five dollars to see Taylor Swift. I don't get it. I agree with Hey Dad. It's not about what you guys would do. It, it's, he just says it's his favorite. And Lane I, Kiffin is not. Like us, he he's an interesting guy. He's he's different, and I don't like Taylor Swift at all. I wouldn't spend five dollars to see her. I'm glad she's not doing the Super Bowl halftime show because I, I wouldn't want to watch it. But knowing what I know about Lane Kiffin, him liking Taylor Swift actually does add up. That knowing makes sense. Knowing what I know about Lane Kiffin, he is all about the image of Lane Kiffin as the cool hip guy, and saying I like Taylor Swift is akin to that brand. But you don't actually know Lane Kiffin at all. Well, I don't know Jimbo Fisher at all, but I have no problem buying that George Strait is his favorite artist. Yeah. I what, don't know Nick Saban. What do you I think can't. his favorite George Strait song is? Dinosaur, right? Amarillo by Morning. I was just thinking Dinosaur kind of fit. It does fit with, it, with him. Uh, all right, so. so if you were a head coach in the SEC. I want to read what it says. All right, let, let's go through some of these messages. Hey, Dad, how would you feel if someone said a grown American man enjoying soccer is not genuine? Because millions of grown American men enjoy soccer. It's not possible. It is not possible very for possible. soccer to be the favorite sport, not my favorite sport of an American red-blooded man. It's, it's not, not possible. Favorite, it's not my favorite I didn't say yours. I said any. Oh, I don't know. No, no. It, it is not possible for a red-blooded, so, breathing, fully functioning brain American male to have soccer as his favorite sport. So it, Christian, it is, Christian Pulisic would... It's would, not possible, Hayden. Hey it is not, not possible. possible. Okay. It can't be done. Okay. 
Do you hear how ridiculous that argument is? You just made the exact same argument about somebody else's musical taste. Well, I'm going to stick with it. I mean, I know I'm right is the best. And that's why you're so angry is because you know I'm right. You know that Kiffin just did it to, to look cool. I mean, you know I'm right. How much time did you spend outside looking at that tire, trying to figure out if you had to change it on the side of the road? Did you, like, overheat? No. I thought about this yesterday when, or Saturday when I Because I, I feel like there's a synapse that's not quite firing, like where it's connecting one side of the brain to the other. You're so angry. I'm not. No, you are. You, you absolutely are. Dinosaur is a Hank Williams song, not a George Strait song. You're right. It is. Thank you. Um, what is, uh, if you were an SEC head coach, what would your favorite song be? Favorite, favorite musical act be? Well, my favorite musical act is Pearl Jam. Okay. What's yours? I would have, uh, I would actually have two answers to that. Okay. I have kind of like a current favorite that yeah. I like the most and then like an all-time favorite. Okay. All-time would be Buffett. Okay. Like, like not even a debate. I'm surprised nobody has that. Yeah. It's because they're a bunch of losers. Jimbo uh, could have had that one. I would have. I would have. Buy, I would buy that. But like current most interested in right now is Tyler Childers. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. So, okay. It's just kind of Mark, a, like Mark. a real country type whatever. Oh, uh, Led Zeppelin always. Led Zeppelin. You and Arnett. Gross. I, it, I mean, music is mood dependent, right? Like if I'm going to sit in the back and have a beer by the pool, I, I, I want <laughs> you know something different. But Led Zeppelin's always a go-to. Yeah. Uh, C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Matchbox 20 is a great choice, by the way. Whoever read the you are on the text says line. Richard is too much. Read that one. Well, I, I was working through all of these. Are you now? Uh, you guys are really arguing that Lane actually likes Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> because why not? Tyler Childers, my man. Uh, Hayden is definitely closed-minded, but he is right about Kiffin saying Taylor Swift to have a look-at-me moment. Uh, I feel like... Grunge or old school rap or something. I would not be surprised. Now, if Kiffin had said a hip hop act, I would totally buy that. If he had said, if he had said Drake? Yes. Would have bought it. Or if he had said. Um, I don't know the new. Jeezy or, 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 or you know, somebody like that. Jeezy? Young Jeezy, yeah. Oh, I thought you were like making a spoof off of Yeezy. No, Young Jeezy is a rapper. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. What, what do we have What's there? We got there? Kiffin loves, Kiffin Dave, loves Matthews. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews is one I would completely buy for Lane Kiffin. Yeah. 100%. Hold on. What was this? Somebody said Richard is... It's too much. Richard is... Uh, this is f- uh, too much sometimes. Let Brian have his opinion. Yes, Pearl Jim. Yeah. He gets so angry. It, it's not that I have an issue with his opinion. It's when he says... My opinion is right, you moron. There is no other way around. That's kind of the point of an opinion. It's yours. we got a tweet here. There's going to be some bad blood between the hosts of Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> well played. Well oh, played, Willie. Uh, David says Kiffin is really an Eminem fan. That's another one that I would buy. Oh, would Neil buy and Columbus, that. big Ole Miss fan. Richard, you are a jerk. Kind of think, hey, Dad is right. I wait, 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 hold on, no, but hold on a second. Your own people against you. No, that's fine. That's fine. Like, I'm a jerk. So be it. Clip, clip. What, what, what makes me a jerk? When I take his argument, change the elements in the argument, 
throw it right well, back in his face, because and I, now it's not a valid argument? I would tell you that an American who says soccer is their favorite sport is a little weird. I don't, I don't necessarily get that. Like, because you can't really grow up. Whether it's fans. weird or not, yeah, there are some people who would say to you, "That is my favorite sport." Yeah, I would have to be like, "Really?" Yeah. I would, I would, I would. I'm, I'm not, you know. Somebody said all American soccer soccer fans are bandwagoners, socialist kickball. I mean, there's there's something to that. Not the socialist part. But yeah, yeah. I mean, England is a democratic country. Okay. I feel like this needs explanation. Does it? If you are sending me this message like I am arguing that Lane Kiffin was telling the truth, you missed the point of this entire thing. I neither know nor care you know. whether Lane Kiffin was making a statement, you know. whether he was making a joke, whether he was genuine. What? None of that matters uh, somebody, in the least. Somebody asked what was Coach Prime's. Coach Prime declined to answer. Yeah, that's really only disappointing. He was the only coach in the country who declined to answer the question. I don't know why. I don't know why. So you have like too many friends. I that was wondering. That, that, that was my thought. He's, he's got friends in the music business. And he didn't want to offend anybody. But come on, man. And they're all going to go to Colorado games all and right. stuff. Yeah. He could have said himself. Didn't Dion have a hit single back in the day? Would uh, Did you pick Alicia Keys over Taylor Swift? In terms of what? If, if Lane Kiffin had said Alicia Keys, would you have bought that? That's more believable, I'll be honest with you. It's a little she more believable. You play the piano. Yeah. So Taylor can do both of those things also. Taylor Swift is a great musician. She's just not ta- Lane Kiffin's favorite. Who is, you think? I'm pretty sure. Who is? We'll tell you when we come back. Sports do we won't. <laughs> We're moving on. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's football season, I think. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Come on, Borky, sing with me. Went down around Vicksburg. Nailed it. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Ten days of trivia rolls on right now. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today at Pearl River Resort Studios. But well, we are at the Pearl River yes, we are. Resort Studios in person. All three of us together, Quite literally, in the uh, in the sports book at the Golden Moon. Uh, had a, a nice fellow walk up a second ago and ask if we had some free picks for him. <laughs> if he wanted to lose, and Borky was he, like, "We don't have any winners, but we'll give you some picks." He, he can follow my parlay that I made if he wants to see how that goes. Yeah, tell Richard about that. Did, Did you, you know about time that? to do that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I did it during one of, the, one of the breaks. Oh, okay. What so, uh, what did you? What'd you uh, so what, I took uh, Ohio State minus huh? thirty and a half against yeah. Indiana. Okay, I mean I figure if you can't tell me who your kicker is, you don't feel good about your team. Ooh, uh, big number. I took UMass plus thirty-seven and a half against the Auburn Tigers. Forty-two to seven covers. Covers. Okay. And then I took the Florida State money line. They're okay. just going to win that game outright. 
It's a plus 800 bet. Yeah, pays 8 to 1. I like your odds. Yeah. I don't know if I like the uh, the no, three legs of the parlay. Right, but, well, we'll see where it goes. Hey, but you know what? Yeah. That was your opinion on those games, and you are entitled to do with that as you wish. You're, you're so tolerant. You know what? Uh, Richard's you know what so like? woke over here. Uh, our uh, 10 days of trivia yeah, let's do it. are brought to you by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. We've got three Genteel shirts working here today. Boom. A couple of pairs of Genteel pants as well. If you haven't tried them, you are going to love You just didn't wear yours today. It's okay. I- I've worn two Genteel shirts today, though. <laughs> That's right. First one, just as comfortable first, as the second. First one's in the hamper. Though. Um, check them out online, genteelapparel.com. The collegiate collection will get you ready for the college football season. you still got time. You don't have a lot of time, but you do still have time. And, of course, not only can you order online from Genteel Apparel, you can get Genteel stuff from men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi. So, here is your Genteel... Ten days of trivia question for Monday, the 28th of August. Last year, Bryce Young went number one overall in the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. Do you know how long it had been, Borky, since Alabama had had the number one overall Uh, draft pick? I don't remember because I'm an idiot, but they've mentioned it a thousand times during the draft. It's very possible your parents weren't alive. 61 for both of them. Harry, they weren't alive. Harry Gilmer in 1948 wow. was the last Alabama player to go Forget number one. Harry Gilmer. That, that is shocking. Because everybody was saying that during the draft is how dominant Nick Saban has been at Alabama. But never had the number one pick. And the, now, the volume of NFL players on an annual basis. Now, 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 before you give me the but wait, Joe Namath went number one overall. In the AFL draft. In the AFL draft. That's right. And number 12 in the NFL draft. There you go. So, uh, Borky, I, I don't have the text line. You're going to have to look for the winner here. All right. So, Harry Gilmer was the last number one prior to Bryce Young for Alabama. Which got me thinking, how many, how many SEC teams have had the number one overall pick taken from their school in the NFL draft? And the answer to that is nine. Who are the five schools of the current 14 in the SEC that have not had a number one overall pick? You can text the show, 601-879-4395. Name the five schools that have not had a number one overall NFL draft choice, and you will get your pick of a genteel golf shirt um, whether you want Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Southern Miss or Super Talk, we will get you squared away. We're going to send all those out uh, at the beginning of next week. We're going to get through the ten winners and uh, get them ordered. So, name the five teams currently in the SEC that have not had a number one overall pick. Am I the only one that's got the text line? Uh, you got it. He's got it. Yeah. Okay. I don't have it. Uh, so, yeah, there, uh, there you go. Um, all right, what about games this weekend? They're going to be awesome. What did, what, what did Zach Arnett say today that stood oh. out to you? It, it was it was so much coach speak mm-hmm. that it's it's difficult. To, you know, he talked about how talented and 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 well coached uh, Southeast Louisiana is, and how difficult a matchup this is going to be. 
and how they had some things in training camp that they have to get worked on. they got to get those things fixed if they want to have a, 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 a successful season. Um, I thought the most, you know, if, if you're, you're going to, to pick something that was said that would stand out to you, it would be the depth chart. And it feels like this is a depth chart. You know, normally it's just, you know, the, the media relations guys fill it out and blah, blah, blah. This felt like his actual thoughts. And it felt like it, it was pretty close. Uh, that, that, that's, the, that's what the starting lineup, you know, he wants it to look like. So to see, you know, Dollar Bill Johnson seems to have won the left tackle job at this time. Uh, okay, so that that pushes back a little bit on something we talked about last week. It did. We talked about uh, about Percy Lewis, and, and now it looks like Dollar Bill at least is going to get uh, you know the week one start. Um, Asias Furge seems to have won the cornerback job uh, on the other side of DeCamerian Richardson. Hunter Washington, who we talked about a little bit, has been he, he's practiced at safety and at corner. He's listed as one of the starting safeties uh, for Mississippi State, along with Sean Preston and Marcus Banks. Um, Seth Davis, who I mentioned last week, is listed as the second string running back. Along, he got an or with Simeon Price, okay, which means the transfer from Penn State, Kevon Lee, is not in your in your three deep. Um, Little surprising there. Yeah, uh, it's weird to see a tight end on the, uh, the the depth chart after three years. But Rylan Godey is the first name on there. Uh, he's got an or with Jaquarius Spivey, so both those guys. That's probably, the Georgia transfer. Godey is the Georgia transfer. Yeah, correct. I keep saying about Rylan Goody, he might be the third best tight end in college football. We just don't know because he was behind one and two at Georgia last year. <laughs> He's behind Bowers in Washington. Um, and then no surprise, obviously, with Will Rogers. We got to talk to Will today. Um, we have a winner. Okay, great. We have a winner. That, that took some work. It did take some work. I don't even know the answer. There, there, one of them is – there's one team in here that was getting everybody. Okay. Four of the five was answered 20 times. All right, so – so it's it's five schools that don't have a number one overall pick. Five, the five current SEC schools. All right, so that have not had a player taken number one I, overall I in the State NFL draft. It. I know State has. That is one of them. Uh, Missouri. Missouri has not. Okay. Uh, Missouri's highest. Uh, okay, so Mississippi State's highest pick was Johnny Cooks, two. number two yeah. in 1982. Missouri's highest pick was defensive end Justin Smith in 2001 at number four. Okay. And then they had an offensive lineman in 1968. Okay. Uh, this might sound weird, but Florida? Is that the one that, that was, was the one, That up? was the one that was getting everybody. Because, like, you think about their quarterback, Spurrier wasn't the first pick. Werfel wouldn't have been the first pick. Tebow wasn't the first pick. No. Yeah. So, you know, who would, they, who would have gone first? Florida's highest pick ever came in 1945. Woo! Really? When halfback Paul Duhart was taken second overall. Who could forget? All right, so who are your other two? Uh, Arkansas? That is correct. Arkansas's highest pick ever was quarterback Lamar McCann in 1954 at number two. All right, you got one left. It's not Tennessee because Peyton Manning was one. It's not Auburn. Cam Newton was one. Auburn has had four number one overall. LSU had Jamarcus Russell. Georgia had who? Georgia. LSU also had Billy Cannon. Georgia. Auburn had Cam Newton, Andre Bruce, Bruce. Bo Jackson, and Tucker Fredrickson back in 1965. That's a good lineup there. Is it Georgia? 
It is no, not Stafford. We have Matt Stafford. Georgia's now. had four number ones, but only one in the modern era. Stafford, Stafford, yeah, and then the others were 43, 45, and 53. I, I see it. It's, it's A&M. Yeah, it's Texas A&M. That's surprising. Offensive I tackle thought, Luke Jokel in 2013 was their highest at number two. I thought John David Crow went number one. Von Miller went two. Quentin Coriat went two. John David Crow went two. <laughs> Quentin Coriat. John Kimbrough went two. Even Vanderbilt's had a number one pick. Back in 1952, Bill Wade was the number one pick overall. There you go. So, I got, that was a good one for you. That's a it? good question. Yeah, you got me. So, you've done good on your questions. Which Thanks. I'll be honest with you, I'm completely surprised by. Really? Thought you would just come up with some. You know, I thought you put the least amount of effort into it. And just be like, <laughs> who won the Egg Bowl last year? Text us here at the show and win a uh, shirt. Who was the Who was the first? <laughs> His name? ever video board hottie toddy. Is it Emerald? No, it's not. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I, I know it. I do know it. Do I? It's not Russell Crowe, is it? No. Who is it? I don't know. Tommy Tuberville. Oh, that's oh, that doesn't count. Was, hey, no, it was the first time they, they ever did it. Okay. Then they brought him back, right? That was not received <laughs> quite as well. Not, yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll put a bow on this edition of the show with you when we come back. On Super Talk Mississippi. All right, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. You guys don't miss anything. Ceasefire text line was hot 601 879 4395. I would, I, I, okay. The winner for the trivia question does not change, and I promise nobody's getting screwed on this deal. Okay, we went back and checked, and it's all good. But the answer that I gave you was actually correct in six years ago. <laughs> that was an aggregated story that I found. Miles Garrett from Texas A&M did go number one overall in 2017. However, and, and so thank you for the corrections on that. I, I messed that up. None of us called it in real time. My apologies. However, the school that everybody was missing on the answer was Florida. Our winner still had the four correct schools. He also had Texas A&M in there. I messed that up. My apologies. So, but everybody's good. We got a winner. Uh, Corbin in Brandon, Mississippi, was our winner today. Congratulations to you. Um, and we run our sports book winners way better than that. Yes. <laughs> that is the kind of thing that does not happen here at, uh, at the sports book. I, I don't know if your, your customers would be um, uh, as understanding, understanding as uh, that is. Uh, that's the voice of uh, our buddy Ryan Griffin, who is uh, director of marketing at Pearl River Resorts. Been a friend of the program for a, uh, a long time. And um, if it doesn't work out in the uh, the marketing and the casino business, you could always be a server because that food you brought was amazing. Great. Thanks. We just actually revamped the uh, the menu here in the timeout lounge at Sportsbook. Um, so you're... Uh, it's probably about two to three months old. I think you're sampling some of the newer options there. 
It's fantastic. Uh, those, the, uh, those loaded tater tots. Oh, oh my they're gosh. so good. They're so good. So, five years. Five-year five anniversary years. coming up on Wednesday for uh, for here, and then a day later, the five-year anniversary anniversary for uh, for Bocoma. All right. Um, do you have to do you have to stop and think about where this started and where it is now a little bit to really kind of get yourself there mentally? Well, I mean, you got to think we. It was such a rush. Everybody, you know, when the legislature passed the the ruling that says or not the legislature, but the United States, uh, the yeah, Supreme Court, Court lifted the lifted Supreme the ban, Court lifted and, the yeah. ban and made it nationwide. So. You know, it was such a rush for everybody in, across the state to get that first sports book, get the sports book built. So, you know, it was kind of like a whirlwind there at the beginning. Had that first year, just like nonstop. Then hit COVID hit. Right. Everything was closed for a while. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, then coming back in that third year was almost like a first year again, you know. Starting all over yeah. and kind of rebuilding that customer base. Um, it but it's been great. It's been fun. Everybody's enjoyed it. Um, it's grown every year. Uh, I think, folks, it just really adds to the atmosphere and the environment and make enjoyment of the game. And um, you know, it's just it's it's just something that's really fun for folks to do. Yeah, something that Hop said earlier kind of stuck with me. He said, you know, it, it's great to see some of our regulars coming back. That kind mm-hmm. of sat the summer. There are a lot of people that don't bet baseball, right? But are diehard football people. So you got a lot of people that have since the Super Bowl in in February, Hadn't seen you know, might have checked in for a little bit of college basketball along the way, but then kind of took the summer off. Right. Football's back, and so are they. That's right. Yeah, football's king, and, and and we're looking forward to it. I mean, uh, you've been in here in, during game time. It's uh, it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere, and you know, it grows every year. I think this is going to be huge. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start, you know, expansion, start talking like they're doing down in Boat Coma. Yeah. Um, I, I know, I think Erica talked to you a little bit about it earlier, but, you know, we're starting that expansion down there now. You said having 7,000 feet? Yeah, brand new large restaurant, big sports book area similar to this where people can sit and enjoy the games a little bit more instead of just coming in, placing a bet, and then going to their favorite slots or tables down there. So, you know, when you think about casinos, regardless of where they are, whether you're talking Atlantic City or Vegas or the Mississippi Gulf Coast or, or here or, you know, the northwest part of the state, you really have to work and invest on an ongoing basis if they're going to stay fresh. And people are going to – because people move on, right? They go to oh, yeah. whatever the new shiny thing is. It really is impressive to me, and kind of kind of looking back, thinking about the long-range view that you've taken with the golf courses – some of the enhancements that have happened here. What what you guys have done with the acts that you've booked, continuing to to st- try to stay fresh, is is that just an ongoing battle's not even the right word, but kind of an ongoing mission internally? Oh, definitely. You know, so much going on right now. Last year, this past year, you know, we just yes. broke ground on that expansion. We just talked about it at Bocoma. Um, we've got things going on here as far as renovations of the golf course, Dancing Rabbit Inn, just announced the Louisville Travel Center, which will also have a sports book, restaurant, slot machines, that kind of thing, down the road in Louisville. So gas station. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of things expanding, a lot of growth 
So a lot of luck going on right here at Pearl River Resort. A lot of good times and a great place for you to spend a day or spend a weekend or spend a week if you want to. PearlRiverResort.com. If you're looking for golf at Dancing Rabbit, you can book your tee times online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. It's Ryan Griffin. He's Director of Marketing at Pearl River Resort. Good friend of ours. Excited to uh, continue our partnership and uh, look forward forward to to it. it. Yeah. College football season is here. We're back with you tomorrow. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.